There's a lot of really great things out there if you choose to be curious. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. My personal hero, Bill Nye, the science guy, likes to say, everyone you will ever meet knows something you don't. It's a fabulous working assumption that sets us up for all the delights that come with new acquaintances, deepening friendships, and and admitting we don't know it all. Sometimes people come into our lives and we're not sure how they'll be important, only that they will be important. And Mo, for me, is one of those people. I vividly remember the first time I met Muhammad Ali, Mo, almost exactly a year ago, actually. We were at the Impact Hub in D.C., a co-working space for social enterprise startups, and the Hub was hosting a course we were both taking called ULAB. The particulars of ULAB are way too complicated to capture here, but check out the links on my Facebook page. It's a fascinating approach to systemic and individual transformation and really a terrific worldwide network. Very cool. I had taken the course before, but Mo was a newcomer, and he was entering the course several weeks in. So he was trying to absorb a lot of new vocabulary and theory, which was a challenge. But he was such a sponge, so open, so curious. And he was catching the spirit of things quite quickly, and I knew he was a keeper. Fast forward a few months, and I managed to wrangle him into chaperoning a group of mostly Latino, largely immigrant students who had come from Rhode Island for the Women's March in January. It wasn't a task I was going to ask just anyone to do, (laughs) nor was it something just anyone would agree to do, let alone do with such genuine skill and grace. But Mo did. So what is it about this man? whose age I still don't know, early something, early 30-somethings, I suppose, that so radiates openness, that pulses with this eagerness to learn that is so curious. I like to say these shows are conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. And as Mo and I talked about the organizing theme for today's conversation, I realized it was simply that, work and life, or in his words, a conversation about calling. All of which brings me back to Mo and curiosity and work and life and knowing something I don't. So welcome, Mo. Thank you. You are too sweet. (laughs) I really appreciate that intro. (laughs) Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time, and it took me a while to get you to the table. Yes. Yes, it did. Um, I don't know why it did that, why why it took so long. Um, I think it's part of everyone has that element of self-doubt. And why or who would their story be beneficial for? Um, Especially when there are so many voices out there that have done amazing things. Um, So, yeah, it took me a while to say, you know what? Why not? You never know who was listening and, and what they would take away from someone's story. Well, and I think it's exactly that, that that we do take things away from people's stories and that you don't know, you can't know Mm. ahead of time 
what in any story will resonate for someone you don't know who's just sort of out there, who finds a way to find meaning in your story for their own story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm always very curious to hear more about people. Um, so this is going to be a bit uncomfortable for me. <laughs> so I'd rather ask you questions, but this is your place. This it's is your space. You <laughs> so, so, well, let me ask, do you think of yourself as a curious person? I, I like to learn things, um, mm-hmm. and I like to learn how things work, but more than things, people. I like to learn how people work, how they think, how they come to any um, ideas that they fixate on, how they make connections between things. Um, and it informs, it informs how I, I guess, relate with the world or connect the pieces in the world together. Well, and you have such an interesting life story. Mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't surprise me that you spend time figuring out how people work. I'm glad to mm-hmm. know that you like to figure that out <laughs> because having had the life trajectory that you've had and not enjoy figuring people out would seem pretty punishing to me. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, so uh, I guess very briefly on my story, um, it's 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 everyone's story in that if it's not your story, then it's the story of a family member of yours. So uh, I come from Somalia. Um, I was born in Somalia and I was, um, I emigrated at a very young age with my parents to Canada. So my mom and I think she was in her early 30s. She's probably like, it was, it was at my age. Uh-huh. Um, and she was there with four children navigating this brand new society, figuring out how to navigate the, um, the bureaucracy of the Canadian refugee system. Um, how to put children in school, how to, how to just keep everything normal. And to her credit, it's not unless you reflect on the time growing up do you understand the amount of uh, sacrifice, the amount of work, the amount of just sheer tenacity that she must have had uh, similarly to many um, either refugees or many mothers and fathers who are raising children in tough times. I like your emphasis on reflecting on the lessons that you can learn from what she was learning at that time. I hadn't really thought of that, but that seems to me relevant in this conversation. Yeah, you know, it just, it comes, (laughs) the more you think about it, the more things come to mind. And it, it, how do I say this? You should, I should, not you should, I should spend more time reflecting. And the, the more time I do reflect, the, the, the crazier it seems that she had spent a lot of time trying to habituate us in a completely new environment. And to her credit, I, when I look back, I feel, you know what? I, I had a good childhood, even mm-hmm. though it was a bit strange being in a completely new place and trying to uh, navigate a completely different society. I've never felt, and I was the eldest, so I I guess I'm old enough to remember, I've never felt like I was missing something. Hmm. Talk more about that. Yeah, um, because she was a single parent. So our home is a typical 
extended family, so the the aunts and the grandparents, and you know one day everyone's there and it's a full household, and the next day we're halfway across the world and it's just her and four kids. Wow. Yeah, and and that's why I mean to her credit, she was able to fill the house all by herself, in the ways that she cared for uh, a nine year old. Um, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-and-a-half-year-old. So, yeah, the more I think about it, the the more at a loss for words I am. Well, I'm thinking about it, too, because then in adulthood, you've moved around a lot. I mean, they're different experiences, I guess, so it's not like you're recreating that experience. But there are elements of it where you are, and you're in these new places and figuring out how to navigate those places and how to cultivate a life in those places. And before we started this conversation, we were talking about an idea someone had given to you about drawing a tree of the relationships that you'd had in your time here in D.C. because you've been in D.C. for a year and a half, two years, maybe? Just under a year. Just under a year. Okay, yeah, so it really was just about a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, so, right. So in that time, you had this, and I don't know what the trunk is in this analogy of Hmm. the tree, but Hmm. you had these interesting branches. But but as you were talking about your mom, I'm like, wow, your mom is the trunk of this tree, you know? Yeah, Or the roots of this tree. And the relationship goes down and out through the roots in in a mirror kind of inverse of the upward and out of the tree. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting when you said she's the the trunk or or, or the roots. Um, I guess the aspects of my personality or my curiosity probably comes from her mm-hmm. in that I never saw frustration when she was navigating the society. It was always with a smile and it it was <laughs> it, she had she had a way of imparting the things that were important whether it was this is an appointment that we have to go to or this is the this is what the teachers telling us about how you are doing in school right now um, it was never tinged with frustration it was more of a what do you think works better or how could this work better interesting um, yeah and and that's the way she approached people or the way that people were drawn to her was in a very open manner. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like she was making, whether it's in her constitution or she was simply making kind of a choice about how she was going to frame this experience for herself and for her kids. Yeah, yeah, it would would seem so now that I'm reflecting on it. And it would take a lot of deliberate thought on how to present this information to children. I mean, think about four kids at the same time, all alone. Yeah. As I was thinking about this word of calling, hmm. it's often put in a in a religious context. I don't think it is only just a religious experience, but it often is. And I just I found myself wondering whether part of your experience or part of your frame is informed by that idea of some something larger than oneself, call it what you will, mm-hmm. that propels you forward, that makes you curious, that gives you a confidence that there's opportunity in the unknown. 
Yeah, it's a calling or a path or um, you know something that clicks. It, it it could be described in many many ways, and I've sort of fallen into a lot of the things that I've ended up doing, and it was only because I kept myself open to experiencing things. Uh, I love that that part where you said experiential learning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was like, huh, interesting. I wonder what that looks like for me. Uh, so growing up, uh, going to school, I didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do. Sort of like a lot of people. It's just unless you are habituated to understand that there's a particular thing that you have to do, you sort of fumble around. Um, so I ended up going to school for biotechnology just because I was strong in the sciences and I was interested in the sciences. And very quickly I learned that it wasn't the space that I w- wanted to be in. And after a whole lot of meandering, I found that what I consistently do is try to listen to people or people like to talk and I like to listen. Ended up in the realm of human resources and um, a part of my openness when I came to this this space here in Washington, D.C. was exploring what human resources would look like if it was more people-focused. And part of the, the image of the branches, mm-hmm. um, if I were to recall one thing that sort of opened all the doors here in D.C. was a conversation with a high school friend from Canada. And she does strategy. I still don't understand what that means. But she had mentioned that she was really interested in um, organizational design um, and organizational development. And that there had been an organization that she'd been following in New York. And they do wonderful work where they come into a room and they facilitate a workshop that gets people to talk about how teams work better, what, how your values, your missions, so how your mission, vision, and values inform the work that the team does, and how collaboration across different silos creates value in a way that cannot be captured unless you really try to, to put people in a room together and facilitate for this. So that sort of lit a fire in me where I thought, you know what, I really need to learn more about this. And through a whole lot of experimentation, I fell across um, user experience design, so I did a course on that. Um, I was finally back in Toronto after being abroad for about eight years, and I had access to the library, so that was, you know, that was a boon for me. Library books are the most amazing invention, I believe. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I took out all the books I could. Must have gone through at least 30 books related to design thinking or, or design or um, leadership. And I still, I still continue to do so here in D.C. as well. And that was the, the sort of thread that I had tugged on. And that allowed me to come to D.C. with a sort of understanding of where I would be spending my time here which was trying to absorb as much as I could about what was available out there. And that was the ULAB that I came across. That was the Impact Hub and the work that they do with social enterprises. That was the Open IDEO DC chapter and the work they do facilitating for human-centered design. That was the MIT Enterprise Forum and the, the, the work they do with uh, technology-oriented topics. Yeah, so there, there's there's been a lot of there's a lot of really great things out there. If 
you choose to be curious. This is the, one of those times where I wish there was video because you had this, <laughs> this wonderful hand motion of sort of pulling these threads. And and I have this image of a weaver or a rope maker, right? There are hmm. all of these threads that you're either winding together into something sturdy or weaving together into something sturdy and beautiful. You know, it just struck me that some of some of the art in this as of recognizing that what look like stray threads, one, aren't necessarily stray, and two, when combined with other things, mm-hmm. can really make something for oneself or for the community. As you were talking about the what took you into HR, I thought, well, this is the convergence, right? This is that place where life and work kind of intersect. And if mm. we're lucky, they enhance one another. They enrich one another. They inform one another. They're not, you know, bifurcated. You you were the one who introduced the word calling. Do you feel like there's a calling that's emerging from this process for you? Yeah, I feel the calling is in in some way, shape, or form. And it's interesting that you said it's it's weaving and what that really symbolizes is, is connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so the calling is connectedness. Um, in a sense, I, I know it's very high level, kind of vague at this point. I think I'm fairly, I'm, I'm still young enough to <laughs> figure out what that calling slash connectedness is. What is it that I want to connect to? I got a bunch of years on you and I'm still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That makes me feel better. Thank you. <laughs> it's an ongoing process. Well, where do you think it takes you? Honestly, um, what I really enjoy I enjoy seeing people sort of light up when they put different things together. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's like amazing. So I feel, for instance, in uh, when when facilitating human centered design workshops, the idea of people putting their minds together, working on a challenge that's sort of a brain twister, where at the end they feel sort of harvested because they've had to put in so much effort to really think through how um, these different challenges uh, impact themselves or impact others, where they really have to empathize. And I think that empathy is is part of the, the sort of secret sauce for getting people figuring out how they connect to different aspects, whether in their work or life. So I feel really connected to individuals who are really driven to to, to bring forth something, whether it's for the benefit of, of people in their immediate circle or for the benefit of others. And I really, I really like to uh, bring people like that together mm-hmm. if they've never heard of each other as well. Well, and I guess that's why um, I feel very optimistic for the future of HR hmm. um, with you in that path, because in my mind... In human resources, is it's about the people in a workplace and really thinking of them as a resource not just for getting the work done but for one another. Hmm. I don't know. It's a more exciting idea of HR than I think a lot of people get to sort of benefits management. That's HR. And it's like, no, it's yeah. it's got this potential to be something so much greater. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, and um, I like that you put it in a very positive way, because, and and it has a lot to do with how the organization 
uh, or, or a company or, or a group of individuals choose to come together and what purpose they choose to come together for and how they choose to um, bring to fruition what it is that they're trying to, to bring forth. As long as at the root of it, touching on what you said, you're bringing some sort of value to the individuals who are trying to bring more value, then you're, you're doing something right. And I feel, I, I don't know where that place is for me at this point um, and, and what it looks like, which is, I guess if there was a curiosity center sensor, uh, for me this past year, it's just been way open. Um, so my ears are out to, 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 to understand what that looks like in, in, in different places and trying to figure out if it works in, in a place, um, why wouldn't it work elsewhere and, and how would it work? So as, as we were setting up for this, uh, I came across one of the challenges that the Open IDEO um, DC chapter is going to be looking at, which is gratitude in the workplace. Um, oh. Yeah. That's not two ideas that often get coupled. Nice. Right. Yeah. And um, it's sponsored by, I can send the link and yeah, you can we'll share it. Yeah, we'll put a link on the Facebook yeah. page. And um, it, what they're looking for is to bring people together to think through what that would look like. So I was looking at that and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Cause, I'm actually getting goosebumps. Right, because <laughs> just before, uh, we were, when we were having our coffee, you asked me, what would it look like for you if you were, like, if you were able to just jump into something tomorrow? What would that look like for you? And I feel opportunities like this are opportunities that I really relish to be able to think through concepts such as this and you know, even if I'm not part of the solution, just being able to to immerse myself in this space where people think about um, topics like gratitude in the workplace and what it would look like. Wow. All right. Well, um, you know, we're out of time, but I'm going to I'm I'm feeling um, that there's a future employer out there that's going to be very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> So good luck on this search. Thank you. But before you go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we have this big jar of wannabe analogies staring oh, yeah. at you right here. Yep. Are you ready? Yeah, okay. let's do this. Reach in. Take a slip. You're going to make an, an analogy to curiosity with whatever's on there. I'm going to take one, and I'll take one for the audience. And I can go first, or you can go first. What do you want to do? Um, I'll go ahead. All right. What you got? I've got napkin. Napkin, all right. Mm-hmm. How's curiosity like a napkin? So curiosity is like a tightly, um, a sort of tightly folded napkin in that the more you unfold it, the bigger it gets. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Okay, so let me see. What do I have? Um, oh, this is interesting. Uh Mine is volunteering. Huh. How is curiosity like volunteering? Um, curiosity is like volunteering because it's um, following something that maybe interests you just a little and letting that take you wherever it may. And, um, and it can kind of grow into something much bigger 
Hmm. Um, and I think curiosity is also, or volunteering is also a way of of making connections, kind of going back to our conversation. It's hmm. this way of, of making connections and building the roots or the branches or the network or something and um, and opening doors. Yeah. So. Oh, nice one. Thanks. I mean, you never, uh, that's what I love about this is you never know where this <laughs> is going to go. And um, audience, yours is seashells. How is Ooh. curiosity like seashells? Ooh. Oh, Mo likes that Curious. one. Curious. <laughs> well, Mo, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, this is amazing. Um, never, ever thought in my life I would be on a radio show. So thank you. I grew up listening to radio all the time. And this is an honor for me. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up on this show or any of the other great programs here at Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can also catch all my shows on Facebook, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and now iTunes. All at Choose to be Curious. And follow me on Twitter at Choose number two, letter B, Curious. Don't forget to send us your seashell analogy, hashtag analogy. And I hope you'll join me next time when executive coach, women's leadership advocate, and founder of EmpowerCoaching.com, Dana Theus, joins me to talk about curiosity and networking. It's actually turning out to be a kind of a nice segue (laughs) from this conversation. You heard me. We're going to take on that fundamental in the business world and reframe it as nothing more or maybe nothing less than an exercise in curiosity. A whole new way to think about those cocktail parties. (laughs) Until then, choose to be curious. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.